Hey guys, it's B-Dubs. Uh, so for me, this is kind of a big episode uh, because you're going to learn a lot about uh, my character. And believe me when I say I have probably put more thought into this character than I have any other PC I've ever played in my life. Uh, and whether that's a little bit of narcissism or I felt I, I should just try harder because of the podcast, I don't know. But I put a lot of thought into this story and Richard and I have spent a lot of time discussing things uh and you're going to see why because there's going to be some overlap with what's going on in the story here uh, it's actually been a little difficult because uh you know i want to maintain a a divider between brad and i at times because i don't want anybody to know more about the story than anybody else whereas brad and i we chat more than probably or the rest of the, the cast so it's always been interesting to try to find ways to weave this together without ever giving him a spoiler and you'll you'll see why at the end of this like during this episode, why that is without giving anything away up that point. But I think you'll understand like why these conversations had to be so precise. Yeah. And it actually happened after last episode, pretty much the conversation now that uh, the story elements were out that it was, well, Alder and Carlisle have to have this talk. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, <laughs> and when you kind of revealed the Carlisle stuff, I got a little annoyed to be honest. <laughs> like, and you're like, we'll see why just, just cause of why. But I, for me, like, what what is when you're trying to make a character for me it's like equal parts what you are not like what you want to be and what you are like you are you're digging into things like you know i'm playing a fantasy game not because i can go out and do these things in real life like i'm exploring a fantasy space because it's it's fun it's relaxing you know uh but there are also elements of if i bring a character to life it is inescapable the elements of Brad bleed in. And I, I feel that's true of anyone playing this game. I mean, I'm, I'm not a professional actor, voice actor, or anything. You know, I, I'm taking on a role, but Brad's bleeding through, usually with just the anger management issues. <laughs> um, so for me, who who was Alder? Who is Alder Billet Smythe Third? Why do I come up with all these ridiculous titles? Uh, and I, let's, let's go into that a little bit. Um, my grand, granddaddy Wayne was Cheryl Wayne. My dad, Cheryl Wayne II. <laughs> I very easily could have been Cheryl Wayne Third. Now, my dad, in his wisdom, upon reaching <laughs> age 18, got rid of the Cheryl because he spent most of his formative years fighting uh, people who, called, <laughs> who said he had the girl's name, uh, which is funny if you know my dad because he's 5'3", he looks like Peabody, from uh rocky and bullwinkle and i know that because he told me that's the other half of the reasons he got in fights and in that aspect my father rejected that small bit of legacy and legacy i think is the primary uh concept for alder like you're dealing with a family's legacy and what's going on and not only that we learn that family both the ones that you have and the ones you choose, you know? So I, I, I love my, my father and my family. I have a really, had a really good home life growing up and, you know, not everybody can say that. I'm, I'm that it worked out pretty well for me. Uh, but I, you know, for me, uh, my, essentially my stepson Cole, you know, he has, he's had a little bit harder. I'm not saying like, if you can imagine me being someone's father, <laughs> that should probably terrify you, you know, and Cole has his, his real dad and we're not going to get into that. And he's got me. So, you know, you've got, he's got the family he has, 
and you know kind of the family that's been chosen for him you know and i i love i love cole very much you know so that's another concept that i want to explore i won't get into it because you'll kind of see like the family you have versus the family like you kind of can choose so a lot of these concepts were in my mind when creating alder you know family legacy and then what you do with that you know and then maybe some anger management issues. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. That, that just totally made up coincidental. You know, much like many white boys who spent their formative high school years in the late nineties, early two thousands. In Atlanta? Uh well, this is South Georgia. Oh yeah. Yeah, but it, it was like a rebel without a clue. Oh yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm just an angry white boy. Why? I don't know, because my parents are too loving. <laughs> Shut the fuck up! Like, I, you, what are you mad about, man? Yeah, exactly. Like, I didn't get, I didn't get the shoes I wanted. Like, you know, I. You're you're so tortured. Well, yeah, the average sixteen, the average sixteen-year-old high schooler or whatever is angry about nothing, just because yeah. hormones. When we were sixteen, we all thought we had it worse yeah, than everybody yeah. else. Yeah, yeah, like, just I'm pissy because. The world's unfair. I didn't get the blue pumps, sneakers. I got the red ones. <clears throat> More testosterone than brain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I'm, I'm so glad that went away. Well, and like, <laughs> you know, more testosterone than brains. What kind of class does that sound like? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> so I, the, my, I didn't really, my initial concept for this podcast was not the fighter. That's true. It was like, and I. That's normally not my thing. I, I think that's fair. You know me pretty well. Right. Like based off characters you I've played over the past years. No, that's true. They usually you go for a, far more support, or uh, I don't want to say complex, but varied. Yeah, like some like I I like to explore the story space. Uh, so our pot like our maybe not the podcast, but our PC group desperately needed a beat stick. For me, like, I didn't like playing a fighter. It seemed kind of boring. Like, I don't have a lot to work with here. But this far in, I fucking love it. Because it was almost giving myself a handicap. Like, okay, well, I've got to make this character interesting while only being able to do one thing in combat. You know, it really is uh, interesting how it changed because honestly, now I see Alder as a fighter and should have always been. Yeah. But at the time, I didn't realize that. Well, and based off the the character, and I, some of his background has changed. You and I have talked mm -hmm. about it, but the core concept was still there. And in my mind, yeah, he's he's always should have been a fighter at this point, just based off his life and what's happened. Hopefully, it's going to be clear as some of Alder's backstory comes out, and uh, be interesting to hear what everybody's reaction to that is. This character for me and this podcast is a work of love from our group, and I hope you'll love it too. So let's get into it and hope you enjoy. This is the Adventurer's Vault. Follow our epic journeys and hear amazing tales. Join our heroes as they bravely face grave dangers and mysterious evils in distant and unknown lands. Be sure to visit our website, theadventuresvault.com, for episodes, links, and show notes. Music and sounds provided by Sirenscape. And now, it's time to open... The Adventurer's Vault. So it's kind of about mid-morning. Alder's off by himself, like in the woods. Uh, 
pretty much just doing like a pull-up montage because uh, you know level five now so clearly i needed to spend at least about five minutes um to represent all those attribute bumps i just got yeah i was like i've got the ball i've got the volleyball net i've got the volleyball i got the beach playing with the boys and so like five minutes later my uh my strength dex and con go up by two and then uh my wisdom just went up oh really yeah 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 i can't double tap into like dex So, but like Alder is just taking some time by himself to like just maybe be by himself a little bit, huh? A little alone time. A little alone time. Uh, you know, while that's happening, you're you know you're not paying necessarily a lot of attention to your surroundings, so you don't realize uh, until you hear him speak. But uh, a short distance away is Craven Carlisle. Mm-hmm. Well, hello there, young man, or perhaps not as young as you let on to be. Alder like stops with the pull-ups and just kind of drops, turns and looks and sees that it's Craven Carlisle and like grabs his hat and jacket and pops it back on. That's an interesting way to start a conversation, Craven. How old do you think I am? Hmm. You know, I've been thinking since our last conversation, and I don't know the Billet Smileys that well, but if my math is correct, you're a little old for the current Alder Billet Smiley the third. <laughs> Alder kind of chuckles. So perhaps, if we're going to continue with this honesty, you should tell me your real name. Tell you what, Carlisle, I, uh, I do appreciate what you shared with us the other night. I need to have a conversation with three gentlemen. Carlisle and... kind of stops when you say that. You know, he, he gives it that, that thoughtful look. And after a moment, he kind of nods your direction, and you know, somewhat approvingly. And he's like, I believe I understand. I think uh, priorities. Uh, I need to prioritize that conversation first. And then you and I should sit down and talk. I'm easy to find. At that point, Alder heads off uh, towards the breakfast tent because he got up pretty early on his own. So Alder kind of sits down... Uh, looks the three of them over kind of takes a minute to look at Haytham, um because he's remembered certain conversations in the past and he thinks this one's going to be kind of hard but he takes his hat off and sets it down on the table and underneath he's still got his bandana that he keeps tightly wrapped but he goes ahead and undoes that bandana too and for the first time they've seen his elvish ears kind of pop out and like one of them has been chopped pretty bad looks like an old injury looks at the three of them and says right I haven't been entirely truthful with what's going on. I need to tell you a story. I don't remember my people much. I remember we lived in caves by the oceans. I couldn't even tell you where that is now. Ferredin's so big. I remember we was pearl divers. We was pretty peaceful, just elves that lived by ourselves. I mean, we'd trade the pearls for what we needed. We got by pretty much by ourselves. I remember being happy. Uh, I remember other people smiling. I remember the smell of the ocean and the weather was always perfect, but maybe that's just how I remember it. Ah, Nezriel, the twins are getting so big. Can you believe there are five? The naming ceremony is coming up. Have you decided? It doesn't seem that long. Then sometimes it seems like just a moment. But yeah, decided last night. They are handsome boys. They look just like their father. They have his hair, hopefully not his brains. Are you worried? We've made it five years. They haven't discovered them yet. 
We broke the law when we kept both. Damn them and their laws. They're our children. What if they come for us? What was that? The Black Shields. Grab the boys. Run. Run. Where are you lovelies off to then? Leave my boys alone. Tut tut. Looks like someone can't count very well. Dirty elves can only have one kid. Get off me, you little bastards. Stop, Rex. Little flower eater bit me. Look at them. Twins. Huh. <laughs> the beast will pay extra for them. Grab them. We was taken at that point. Last thing I remember was the village on fire and all the people being killed. They would tithe pearls to Faridin. That was one thing, but giving away children, I, I guess that was the final straw. I can still remember the screaming. We was packed up in a cot and blindfolded at that point, taken away. We was in the cot for a long time. I remember stopping and more kids being added. At one point, we got to where we was going. I could smell the sea again. When they removed our blindfolds, there was an old raggy boat in front of us. She was covered in mold, had the name Iron Bitch. Sad looking hole, really. But for a kid our age, it was scary. And then a man came onto the deck. He was an elf like us, but he seemed more like a monster. We never knew his real name. He only called himself, I am the beast, you little bastards. I'm the only parent you need anymore. You will obey me, or you will die. Look around you. There are practice weapons. All of you, grab one. We all hesitated a bit. This was all strange to us. But there was one kid, he spoke up. He looked at the beast and asked a question, which caused the beast to smile for the first time. There's always one. Bless you, child. I can still hear screams even now. The beast crushed his skull with his bare hands slowly. By the time he was done, each child was holding a weapon. My brother and I had grabbed a pair of short swords. Good. Now hold them up. At least show the height. First three to drop. Die. We aren't gonna make it, brother. No matter what, we'll get through this together. He put his shoulder under my sword arm and I did the same to him. All too soon, three children screamed. And forty became thirty-six. We swore we'd kill the beast one day. But he was the greatest weapon master I'd ever seen in my life, even to this day. He could kill with his hands, any weapon. I even saw him kill one of the children with a plate. A plate! We didn't have names either. To him, we were all numbers. It was easy for me and my brother. We never had a name anyway. So I was three and he was four. You kept your number the whole time. We'd start each day with the beast preaching. And then a few years passed. I will make you servants of the angel king. Black shields are his enforcers. But I will make you boogeymen. If you survive. If you fight hard enough. If you embody my teachings, you will become Eldrazim. Get ready, you squabbling rats. It is time to train. Most of the kids was normal sized, but there was one. A big mean bastard named Number 15. He had killed a few children on his own by now. We always kept an eye on him. He was dangerous. Show me what you've learned. Number 4. Number 15. We looked at each other as my brother paired off with him. They entered the middle as the rest of the children circled around. Me and my brother were elves, so we were faster than the rest. 
but 15 was a hammer. We was always worried about one of us having to fight him. They circled for a bit and then 15 lunged. My brother dodged and jabbed. This went on for a little bit. Unfortunately, my brother slipped and 15 grabbed him. Four struggled while 15 began to push his thumbs into my brother's eye sockets. Everyone was just watching. They'd seen this before, but I couldn't stand by. I ran forward and drop kicked 15 in the head. He rolled off and the beast began to scream. What are you doing, number three? This fight was fair. Uh, life isn't fair, sir. The beast thought about that for a second and began to laugh. We all flinched. It was an ugly sound we had never heard before. It was horrible, like a beast choking on flesh. <laughs> no, no, it isn't fair. Remember that, all of you. Show me your violence, boy. My brother stood up and we nodded. We showed him why life wasn't fair, and we never had to worry about number 15 ever again. Years passed till there was only 13 of us left, and then the beast told us we would graduate. What do you think that means? Hopefully it means we get out of here, or at least off this ship. What do you think the Elder Zim are? Who knows and who cares if it means we get away from him? We've all had to kill, we've all had to beg, and we've watched the rest die. We need to get out of here, three. Will he let us? If he doesn't, we'll kill him too. You two forget how quiet I am. We turned, gasping. The beast has snuck up behind us. He always moves so quick and quiet. What's the point of having those big ears if you don't use them? Oh, and four? Yes, sir. Anytime you think you're ready. He walked away from us and headed to the front of all the kids. I watched my brother's fist clench and unclench. He wanted to. But we both knew he wouldn't get two steps before the beast killed him. So we did what we always did. We waited, we listened, and got ready to kill. Today is a glorious day. Graduation. <laughs> you have suffered, you have endured, and you have fought. Now you achieve the glory of Eldrazim. Rejoice. You now enter the service. Of the Angel King, there's just one problem. You see, Eldrazim means the last candle. There's thirteen of you, and that's twelve too many. Some hesitated, and they died first. But in our heart of hearts, I think we always knew. No! It was brutal, but my brother and I were too fast. I remember, I just remember doing horrible things. Before long, it was just us. I wasn't sure, but I was hoping it'd be you two at the end. Elves make the best killers. We live a long time. We're fast. We learn to kill quietly. You two are living proof. It's a shame, but do it. Come on, three. We can do it together. Three. We both looked down. There was my hand holding the blade in my brother's throat. I hadn't even thought about it. I never even hesitated. That was the difference between us. I never hesitated. Even then. Gods, what had I done? I knew one of you had it in you. Hush now, child. Come closer. You are Eldrazim. You are the last candle. The rest of the light gone out. You're like me now. I didn't know what to say in the moment. I was still shocked that I had killed my own brother. I was shocked to see the beast this way. He seemed happy. I, I am? 
Yes, my boy. I will teach you what you need to know to be the best. How to kill anyone, anywhere. But first, we must remember them. I looked around the room. We were making no move to clean up the bodies or nothing. They just laid there. I felt like they was all staring at me. I think that's when I knew I would see them again. I just kept looking at number four. Your first kills. Here is how I do it. This is the Chatea root. Rub it in a wound till it burns. It'll scar up nice. Look. I watched him pull a small set of tools wrapped in a leather case. He unfolded it, and there was a small blade and a piece of root. It was red with yellow veins through it. He proceeded to cut a small piece off and crush it. He then leaned over and cut a line on my chest and rubbed a small piece in. It burned. I didn't care. I deserved it. I carved 11 more lines in across my chest. The beast seemed pleased. This is good. I have you now, my second. Most of the others already had theirs, but I was waiting for you. There are others, you know. Other ships like this one, where we train weapons for the Angel King. We already have a new batch on board. The green skin comes in a week, and he'll begin training them. But for now, the iron bitch is ours. And we will have a little fun with this class, won't we? Of, of course we will. I hated him in that moment. I hated myself more. The next day, all the ships Faradin had were called into action. The enemy was invading. Finally, the bastards come. They come to end our way of life. To murder everyone. To murder our Angel King. Why? They're jealous of our great wealth. It doesn't matter. We will kill them all. Remember, child? They hate our kind more than anything. Elves? Yes, they will kill you if they don't torture you first. Don't get taken alive. We had heard about them over the years through our training, but never knew much about them. At that point, a crash echoed through the whole ship. Something knocked us off our feet. The beast smiled and grabbed his sword. It was a wicked looking blade I'd never seen before. Nicks all throughout it. Take this dagger. We can't let them get the new recruits. We handle our own. What for? Kill them quickly. We have work to do. We are needed elsewhere. I watched him turn and head toward the fight. I began to turn and head below decks when I saw my brother for the first time. His wounds as fresh as the day I gave it to him. He just stared at me. I saw the battle at that point. Ships were everywhere. Sailors of every color and ships of every size. What had rammed us was beautiful. The iron bitch was barely even a ship compared to this. Her sails were gold colored. Her wood was new and clean. Her lines were sharp and precise. The paint was clean and new. She had rammed us astern and already her sailors were pouring on board. Men in blue jackets wearing strange triangle hats. They wore nice leathers and were clean shaven. They were everything the beast wasn't. However, they weren't the killer he was. Already two men lay dead at his feet, and he howled for more to come. <laughs> this carried on for a while, till a man with a large beard and a golden coat drew his sword and began to fight the beast. Each was trained, I could tell. They circled and slashed at each other back and forth. 
I hoped, just for a moment, that he could get it done. But then the beast swept his legs and sneered. He raised his sword and then gasped. He turned to face me, blinking as he reached for the dagger in his back. I didn't even realize I had thrown it. I saw number four smile. Life isn't fair, you feckless bastard. At this point, the man in the golden coat gutted the beast. The rest of the men in blue ran in, cutting him down. Even then, it took too long to kill the bastard. He was just screaming in rage the whole time. For just a second, I was happy, but then they all turned and looked at me. I ran below decks, the beast words ringing in my ears. They killed elves. I got into the other room where the next batch of children were. They were young, young and scared like I used to be. I, I had the dagger. I couldn't let them kill the children, I, but I, I couldn't kill them. At that point, the soldiers ran into the room. I stabbed the first one that got close. Get back! Put it down, boy! The kids were scared. I was scared. I had just killed the only chance to fend off all these soldiers. These men would eventually overpower me. More began to pour in, including the man in gold. Lieutenant, what's going on here? He stabbed Javin, sir. Get back! I won't let you kill them. I know you kill elves. Lieutenant, we didn't come to conquer them. We came to challenge what they think they know. At this point, the man in gold did something I never expected. He knocked the other man's head off to the floor. He was an elf, like me. Then another man took his hat off and showed his elf ears, too. We didn't come to kill children and elves, son. We came to free them. We came looking for our sons, our daughters. Everything I knew at this point in my life was a lie. I fell to my knees as the tears began to fall. I couldn't fight. I didn't care anymore. I swear I will take care of them and you, lad. On my honor as Admiral James Billet Smitey. They took my son, too. I was hoping. I was hoping he was here. Darren bitch only had one use, and that was to hang around and ruin my life. When the Admiral's ship, the Impudence, rammed her, they got stuck together and the men couldn't get it free, which made the Admiral's sitting target a prize for any Ferridan ship that went after him. And they did. For three days, the battle raged. We were constantly reinforced from friendly ships and attacked by enemy ones. At first, he wanted us all below decks, but I know the desperate sounds dying men make. I couldn't stay in the safety. I joined in the fight, and at the age of 12, I began to kill men in earnest. I fought side by side with the men and women of the Caliban Defense Force, part of this golden fleet they had sent. I went from a child who had stabbed Lieutenant Javon to saving the Admiral's life no less than three times. I was only a weapon at that point, but I was a damn good one. The beast had trained me well. Eventually, we won the day, and the Fridian Navy was defeated. I earned my first hat at that point. Here, Roddy. You earned this. Roddy? I'm not calling you three. That's what they called you. That's not a name. That's what a monster calls a child. You are Roddy now. Yes, sir. He placed a hat on my head. It was one of the triangle hats the rest wore. It was too big, but in that moment, it felt just wrong. He smiled, but I could tell. There was a bit of sadness in it. I watched him walk away. The first lieutenant walked up and put a hand on my shoulder. You need to understand, young man. His son's name was Roddy. They took his family, and he's been searching for them. He means it as an honor. I had to turn away too. I understood. He didn't want to show his tears. And neither did I. Good Navy men don't do that. I think that was the day he truly gave up on finding his own son. And that was the day I gained a father. Look on the shore! The impudence was anchored out in the bay. 
they were still trying to free her from the corpse of that ugly bitch I had lived on for so many years. At that point, the main fleet had sailed into Red Sand Harbor and taken the port. A hundred ships gathered around her, securing the army's main landing zone. We gathered at the rail and watched. We saw people running about on the shore. We didn't know why, though. Not till we heard it. It sounded like the world was splitting open and the gods were speaking their hate. I'll never forget the sound as the green waves began to erupt from the ground. Steady, you lot. Whatever happens, we face it as men and women of Caliban. There's no running from duty. He placed a hand on my shoulder. But I wasn't afraid. I'd seen death too many times. It comes for us all eventually. As the green waves erupted over the city and the fleet, they all died. Some slowly writhing in pain, others just dropping dead. We went from celebrating the King of Caliban's victory to watching an entire generation die. Gilgamark had fallen, and all of Faradun with him. The waves began to wash over the shore. A ship had started to sail away, but it was too late. The green waves washed over it, then headed our way, barely half a knot before they dissipated. Somehow, the old iron bitch had saved our lives that day. We waited a few days, then a week, then sailed home. No one else was coming. They were all dead. Only we remained. Years passed, and I enrolled in the Caliban Naval Academy. I accompanied the Admiral on what he called the Black Voyage. We visited port after port spreading the news. No one was coming home. Gilgamark was dead, but so was everyone else. Dynasties fell. An entire generation died. Consequences of that would be felt for decades, if not to this day. But it was a strange and safer world for an elf boy, who had already spent so much time around death. The sea seemed a more generous mistress. Eventually I graduated, and for a time I taught as a weapon master at the academy. But I wanted to get back to the sea as time passed. Eventually the Admiral remarried and became Duke of Caliban. The king had died in the war. They didn't want another king to honor him. More time passed, and the Admiral got older and older. And burying him was one of the saddest days of my life. But I assured his son, Alder I, that I would honor my pledge to serve and protect the Billet Smarties. And I did, for decades. This was a time of peace. Not prosperity, though. Cities fell as, well, world trade basically collapsed. But Caliban always finds a way. It's the trademark of the island. Isavin fell to seven dukes squabbling instead of one king. It was then that the pirates started gaining strength. We'd always heard rumors that there was someone out there gathering them together. We had no proof. I mean, no one would dare challenge our defenses. The fort overlooked the bay, and we had three good ships left in the fleet. So when a storm blew a wayward pirate ship into our bay, we found it amusing. We didn't think it was amusing anymore when it charged and attacked. It was a short battle, but it seemed to make the Admiral sad, particularly when more pirate ships showed up later. It was then Alder I asked me for a favor. Uh, Admiral? Yes, sailor? Permission to speak freely, sir? Granted, son. Uh, begging your pardon, sir, but this seems like suicide. Then why are you here? Because I'm a sailor of Caliban, and I'm no coward. Good. Uh, e even so, this still seems like suicide, and a bit like a bad strategy. How so? Well, I'm literally rowing the Duke of Caliban and our Admiral towards an angry pirate fleet. You mean away from the three ships of the home fleet and the protection of the fort? Right towards the 13 pirate ships behind me? Uh, yes, sir. It does seem tactically unsound. Uh, so, so why are we doing it? 
Because the world has changed, son. We don't have a nation anymore. We don't have a large enough fleet to protect the shipping we need to rebuild. We can't fight all these pirates alone. We have to find a way to negotiate. Why would they do that when they have a duke hostage? Because this morning I named my son, Alder II, Duke of Caliban, inheritor of the Golden Fleet and Admiral of the Caliban Defense Force. He will lead us now. And his first command was to not negotiate for us. Uh-oh. Sorry, lad, but cheer up. I'm not leaving everything to chance. We have three of the finest ships in the world with the best trained crews, all of which are seasoned and specialized in defense. And the fort is manned by some of our best. Its arbalest and long-range weapons are second to none. And even now, the Archmaine Hennebeck and his students stand watch with every fire spell they know ready. Uh, one last question, sir. Any chance we gonna win this? It doesn't matter. Neither side could afford to lose or win. So, that, so that's a yes? It's a coin flip, but if it flips, we all lose. At that point, they rode right up to the lead ship. She was big. Her boards were made of ebony wood from a location I still don't know where they got to this day. And she was a large galleon. It had been a fair fight against the impudence. But the admiral seemed to smile as he climbed on board and looked around. I think he imagined there was going to be more of a rabble. Not a nice ship. Sitting at the table at the middle of the ship was the pirate queen. She was a bit older like the admiral was, starting to show her age but still a beauty by any means. Her black tricorn hat showed the barest tint of the red hair beneath. She bore a scar across her left eye that would never heal, but made her seem more alluring and infinitely more dangerous. Her cutlass sat on the table within reach, a rather wicked looking blade. The Admiral bowed and then set his hat on the table. He wasn't wearing a weapon. Not many men would climb on board a ship of pirates without at least a sword. Alder Billet Smythe. Hello, Admiral. Welcome aboard the Queen of the Seas. If you look to your left, all those ships answer to me. And if you look to your right, all those ships answer to me. Yes, Miss Clay. I understand you have quite the collection now. May I call you Jaylana? <laughs> you may. Hmm, that's interesting. You know a bit about me. You are a Duke and Admiral, I suppose. You have resources. Not to be contrary, ma'am, but I am neither, so please call me Alder. May I? I know you as Jelana Clay. I know your age and height, but it would be the height of rudeness to say so. <laughs> Please, have a seat. Alder Billet Smythe the First, father of Alder the Second, married to Henrietta Drenshire of no noble birth, but a native of Caliban. I know you like your coffee black, and by coffee I mean bitter root. You have a slight sweet tooth, and your left leg has a slight limp no one ever notices. It gets worse now that you're at 56. Your father led the successful assault on the port of Red Sand after feigning an attack on the main forces at Port Holbeck. All true, an old war wound. Sport injury, you mean? Very good, ma'am. Your network is impressive. And you aren't half the man your father was. You seek to anger me, madam. But I've lived in that shadow my whole life. I wasn't even his first child, and my mother wasn't his first wife. A part of him never let me forget it either. Regardless, it seems we probably pay the same man the same coin to spy. <laughs> so what in the world would possess you to come aboard alone? You know I could just use you as a hostage. Caliban would pay dearly for its admiral back safely. I'm afraid not. As of this morning, my son, Alder II, is officially Duke and Admiral. His orders are to yield not one inch of Caliban. 
He's a proper Navy man. He won't crack under the pressure. <laughs> All men have a breaking point. So do fleets. I can't say I understand your play here, sir. You came alone, unarmed, with one sailor to my fleet. Surely you understand you're nothing more than a bargaining ship at this point. I prefer to think of myself as an envoy. Most of your crew is unharmed, and your ship, if you want to call what's left of it a ship, could be seaworthy again with some work. The captain? Died in the fighting, I'm afraid. That's all right. I'd have killed him anyway. He was unwise and has now forced our hand out in the open. One ship is no match for Caliban, ma'am. But my fleet is. It's true, you have an impressive collection of ships. But Caliban is no easy nut to crack. I have three of the strongest, well-designed ships in the world. Her crew extensively trains in all manner of naval warfare. And Fort Croi will be the death of hundreds to take. We do have a small magic academy in town. Your citizens will suffer. Our citizens know what's at stake. They know they can flee deeper into the continent, while many will stay behind to fight you in the streets, door to door, block by block. It would be the end of you. And the bones of your fleet would rot on our shores. Admiral, you may not know this, but I have other fleets. That I know. Word has come to me of the others. But it's a loose alliance, one you are keeping firm control over by sheer force of your personality. It would not survive without you. Ha! I am in no danger here. That's where you're wrong. I still remember that day, sitting there just behind her, standing with the rest of the crew, having a good time snarling. I'm not even sure the Admiral had seen me, dressed up as a pirate like I was. Before anyone could react, I had my dagger at the throat. It took a few more seconds, but there were blades at my own. But it was too late. I had made my move. Let me introduce First Lieutenant Roddy, one of our finest graduates. I believe he's been on board for a day or so, Roddy? Two, Admiral. Snuck on board and found some clothes. They were in a sloppy ship, sir. Don't even take roll call. So what's the play here, Alder? We all die and then whomever is left fights to the death? To be honest, I'm not sure. What? Haven't the foggiest. My plan only went this far. You can't be serious. As a heart attack. Thousands of people are going to die because you had half a plan? I'm listening. <laughs> you're insane. And you're driven. Clearly you have a plan. You have a goal. The world knows the pirates are working together, but no one knows exactly what you want. So what do you want? How does it involve Caliban? Well, to be perfectly honest, I want it all. Someone tried to control the whole world once. I don't want the world. I want her seas, her oceans. I want my people to sail free, far and wide. And I want the world to reconnect. And I am the only one who can make it happen. Lofty ambitions, but you are still pirates. Noble ambitions don't pay the bills. This is a very civil discussion while you have this damn knife at my throat. I assure you, ma'am, it's less fun for me. I have about five on mine. So, Admiral, you are a tactician. Make a judgment call. Sadly, I'm not much of a tactician. I am a paper admiral at best. However, I am a very good administrator. And I have a keen eye for business, which is why Caliban prospered, even though we too lost an entire generation. So? You can sail far and wide and pillage and raid to your heart's desire. 
But if you make enemies of the whole world, your dreams will die. Ships must always land somewhere. So here is what I propose. We come to terms. Caliban will be a friendly port. We will open facilities for your fleets to use. Separate from the town, of course. I know what sailors want when they hit the shore. We can provide that. We are also a city of the pack. We can help negotiate a safe port on each continent. That way your network can operate profitably. We will also offer access to Caliban's Naval Academy for your select officers. My crews are experienced. There isn't a man in your fleet Roddy can't outfight, outwit, or outsail. He is one of our best. Imagine if each one of your ships had one of him. Hmm. I'm inclined to accept. However, no man can hold a dagger to my throat and not pay a price. I understand. However, he did so under my command. So it will be me who pays the price. Please return my body to Caliban or bury me at sea. Either way, the hat goes with me. Sir, no! You die in his place? He's been willing to die for my family for a long time, ma'am. I'm no less loyal to him than he is to me. I accept. Caliban and my fleets will have peace. I get my ship and crew back. Of course. You will return safely to your home. However, since you seem to think that this man is so valuable that he is worth your life, I get him. Roddy is no slave. We do not deal in such. Ever. Caliban is now and ever will be a free port. Sir, I will go with her. Five years as a lieutenant service in our navy, right? I'll make that trade. Lady Clay? I accept. Now let's put those knives away, gentlemen, and have a drink. Welcome to the Clay Fleet, Lieutenant Roddy. Just Roddy, ma'am. I have no last name. What choice did I have? Thousands dead in a battle we only had a small chance of winning? Or become a pirate? Five years I sailed under the command of Darius Clay. He was the nephew of Jelana, the Pirate Queen. And despite being a pirate, he was a good officer and a relatively fine man. I served on his ship the entire time. They had renamed it Blood Drainer, but it used to be called the Sandy Shoals. They had had bad luck for the last few years. The first lesson they learned it wasn't the name of the ship that inspired fear, but the men and women that crewed it. Despite how often we got into scraps, I remember these times fondly. I sailed around the world and saw a lot of different things. Things a Caliban Navy man might not have seen. The sea was a place of healing for me, I think. I grew close to this ship and its crew, and then I got close to Captain Darius. So when my time was over, I said goodbye and resumed my duties and service to the Billet Smarties. I had missed Aldo the first funeral, but I took up as the captain of the guard for Aldo the second. These were also good times. I grew close to the family, which is what made it worse when Aldo the second and his wife died. Every year, the Dukes of Caliban would get together to discuss things. However, this year, orcs from the northwest Iveston Mountains were roaming, raiding, pillaging. A tribe known as the Blacktooth Clan had risen to prominence. They had raided farther south than ever before and killed the caravan. What made it worse was that no other duke even bothered to attend. And I spent the next two years hunting orcs till every black tooth was dead. By the time I got back, neither of us knew each other anymore. Alder had learned to be a duke on his own. It had made him cold. I had gone back to being a killer. and was the same. So he released me from my service and I spent the next 14 years in a grove of trees the family had gifted me. I built a cabin and spent most of my time scaring off lumberjacks till about eight months ago. Roddy, I know you're out here. It's me, Alder. Well, 
What can I do for you, my dude? I need your help, Roddy. As I recall, you dismissed me, my young lord. And you left me alone. We can cry about past sins till the sun goes down. But things have changed. Well, this was a bit different than my usual day of shooting arrows at trappers to scare them off. And something drastic must have happened to make him come out here. I knew he didn't really want to. And I knew I always lived in the shadow of the vow that I made to the Admiral. Alright. What happened? The guild leaders decided we didn't need a duke anymore. I've had my title stripped, my house, everything. The greedy bastards took it all. I barely managed to grab the Admiral's sword and my signet ring. Vengeance is a bloody path. You lose not only years, but everything else. I'll mean it. I, I don't care about Caliban, Roddy. I want to go and claim what my great-grandfather earned. I want the Red Sand Shores of Faradun. You're a fool. Faradun is death to any man that touches those shores. You know it. It's not, Roddy. Not anymore. Men have landed safely. There's even a colony forming. We, we could go. We could go together and claim it. Just the two of us. Are, are you nuts? I mean, it might take time. Believe me, if only once in your life. Faradin is death. Roddy, I'm going. And you need to go too. I don't need to do anything but watch my little patch of heaven here. You know what, then just rot here. But I need to face my past. And so do you. You ain't even gonna be able to face nothing. You don't know how to use that sword you're carrying. You didn't attend the academy. You don't know anything about surviving. Which is why I need you, Roddy. There's, there's nothing here for either of us anymore. You ain't gonna lock it. And you're gonna have to learn how to use that thing. You're gonna have to learn to survive. Training starts now. Months passed. Al was a quick study, but he was changed from the last time I'd seen him. In some ways, he was the same young man I'd always known. But in many more, he wasn't. You seem disappointed in all this, Al. I'm disappointed in a lot of things, Roddy. In the weight of my family's legacy, how everyone's told me my whole life I've never measured up to anything the Billet Smiteys have ever done. I'm not a Navy man, and I didn't deserve to be Duke anyway. But, but to be honest, I don't care about any of it anymore. I really don't. This is the happiest I've been in a long time. Just being here, enjoying the peace of the trees, being with you. I know your great-grandfather, your grandfather, your father, and you, Al. Of all of them, you're the most like the Admiral James. No, that can't be true. Yeah, it's true. He never even boarded a ship in his life before his wife and son went missing. I don't know everything about him, but it's when they went missing that's when he made it his life's work to find them. To learn everything he could about the sea, ships, tactics. Because he knew. He knew a war was coming. And winning it was the only way he could get them back. No one would believe that. No one's believed me about anything in a long time. I believe everything you've ever said. Do you believe me? Of course I do, Al. Then I know I love you. I'm not the same kid you knew back then. I know, and that's what scares me. We spent more time together. And in truth, it was the happiest I'd ever been. Which made me more scared than I'd ever been in my whole life. I'd faced death so many times it didn't register anymore. But I'd never faced life and the fear of losing it. It made me do something stupid. In this moment, I just, just now, I realized how dumb it really was. When the time came to head to the ship, I gave him a sleeping drug. I took the sword of his great-grandfather and his signet ring. He wasn't strong enough yet, and I wasn't strong enough to watch him risk his life in Faradin. I kissed him one last time, and I boarded the ship. You all know the rest. <laughs> Say, say, say something again. Something again. 
Is that no in the real in the real voice? That is my real voice. What the fuck? Right. I mean, admittedly, it's a little much to drop on breakfast, but you know, I have to admit, uh, the few times I've I've been curious about your background, I, I genuinely pictured it to have considerably less child murder. Well, let's just say it's not the path I would have picked at five. I, I mean, I, I realize perhaps one is not all, um, hasn't reached one's full moral development at that point, but um, goodness, that's a lot of children who are dying. Well, I need you to understand how fucking awful Faridin was before the uh, everyone died. So I didn't really want to come back to this fucking place. So you're from Faridin? Yeah. The original Faridin? Yes. In fact, up until recently, I thought I was the last living son of Faridin. How bloody old are you? Well, I don't know the exact number, but I reckon I'm about 135 years old. Can you s- switch back to the the normal voice? I can't take... It's not right. It's... <laughs> I, listen, that's not what you sound like, you bastard. Listen, I understand it's a lot to drop, um, but recent events have changed. The mission's, the mission's done. A lot to drop? That's <laughs> like, putting it pretty bloody mild, I think. And all the, like, kind of sighs and, like, who? his shoulders droop because he knew this was coming. <laughs> who who <laughs> drops? Oh, yeah, Roddy. Um, yeah, it's good. that's going to be. That's character growth, not <laughs> me forgetting names. But, yeah, Roddy, like, kind of, like, sighs and, like, his shoulders droop because he knows he's about to fucking get it. Yes. <laughs> drop them a bit more. Well, what do you want? We've not yet begun to to rack you up. I realize there's a lot to unpack here, but the child murder is not my idea. Well, that's a bloody comfort then. You are from Faridin. Yes. The same place where the original Conlisa warriors of Arincia gave their blood and died to give this landing. You're a bit stuck on the the Faridin thing. The lo- uh, his geography, I think, is a little more important to you than. It is to the rest of us. Asherian, uh, shaking. He's I so understand mad. that you're not happy about it, but while you mourn your kinsmen, I was there. I was in that battle. It was not my intent to be a 12-year-old child soldier murdering his way to try to get free. You don't have to tell me the history of my life. I know it. I had to kill my way to get free of it. And I thought I had buried all this. But here, a hundred fucking years later, Gilgamok's back. There's more dead children. So yeah, you're pissed. I understand. What do we... Do you still want us to call you older? There's, there's, no, you... there's no point to that anymore. <laughs> the mission's over. There's no way I'm going to be able to claim the Red Sand Shoals. We've got bigger problems. Well, that's going to take some getting used to. Becky, I think you're off the hook. Uh, I, I was. You might uh, actually would I cause bo- the apocalypse and I'd be less stunned now. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, sir, I never believed I was on the hook. That man was dead. There was nothing I could do. We've been over this. And not by my hand. I have stressed this over and over again. I, am, admittedly, I was never mad about daddy. Well, he, well he, thank you. I appreciate that vote of confidence from you. If he's dead and you need it, you take it. That's right. Now, as an upstanding moral character like yourself, 
I mean, we've been doing it up and down this continent for the last two months. Well. <laughs> Admittedly, We're a lot of robbing the dead. I recall. have I. Have you, I, sir? I believe you've gotten your share of gold. Yeah. Where did you get that first sickle? Yeah, that's what a really nice sickle. That's not the, the original first one. one you yeah. This isn't. I mean, wait. My story's funny, <laughs> but the po- hmm. the point is, it doesn't matter. The dead are the dead. I don't even I, know you anymore. I would heavily disagree with that. Well, I mean, well, we you, don't all have your backstory. I was say, <laughs> given your friends, the fact that your friends keep coming back from the dead, this is an apt statement. But it's all symptoms of the same problem. Gilgamesh's back. Understand mm. when I when I was a young man, elves were second class citizens. My people were almost slaves. They stopped being slaves the minute the Black Shields ran in and killed all of the, the whole... They stopped being slaves the minute the Black Shields ran in and killed everyone. That's what it was like for elves back then. That's why I didn't particularly want to be one here now. Alder, Faridun, everything that came from that war has caused everything that I've had to deal with. Everything that I've done is because of what happened there. Now... I understand what you're saying that you're from Caliban now and that it doesn't matter where you're from. That doesn't change what I have had to deal with and the people where I'm from have had to deal with. You understand why I'm mad. I understand that you're mad, but you need to understand I had issues with this fucking continent long before you were born. I've been dealing with this shit my whole life. And when my people were alive, we were now slaves. It's not about the age, it's about the mileage. Yeah, well, I haven't gone any fucking where. I'm right back where I started. You, you, you all uh, maybe glance over at some point and you see that um, <clears throat> Father Becker is staring intently at uh, former Alder's ears. And, and he says, now surely you've taken your hat off at some point in the last two months. We, we, we should have noticed the ears. Admittedly, it wasn't very comfortable. Every time I had watch, uh, I'd let him out for a little bit. Had a couple of close calls, but... Now that I look at it, too, your eyes, they are a bit more almond-shaped. That's racist as fuck. (laughs) 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 The other other question I've got is that, you know, do you you file down the horns, or what happens? (laughs) I mean, we were always taught about elves as kids, you know? I I think you're talking about This explains a lot about you. (laughs) Now, surely you would have taken the hat off at some point. Yeah. Somebody saw him, right? Like, I mean, perhaps in a in a shower. I know you guys are always showering together, so I thought that. <laughs> what? <laughs> and like, there's like smash cuts of like all their bathing with the hat on. <laughs> <laughs> no, they just like it's like the one where they like rip back the cow- the shower curtain to try and catch him off guard, and he still has the hat on. He's well, just fully clothed in the shower. Got, like the shampoo suds are so big. <laughs> and, and actually, there's a couple times during the podcast where like i take the hat off yeah but i've got a bandana on mm-hmm. underneath but I, like he's like all like roddy is scratching his ears like <laughs> oh it feels really good to have that off like like behind his ears like oh it feels... and like one of his ears has been chopped he, off he's panting half. and kicking his leg as he's scratching my i'm head picturing head. A, a mrs doubtfire episode where you're like in your tent with a cake and then you hear somebody <laughs> in the door, put your face down in it it's like two cupcakes but i smash them on the sides of my head what are you doing oh that's how we eat hello is Old Caliban tradition. Mm. Cake is. Interesting. I hadn't heard that. I'll have to ask 
Ethan, not Ethan. Uh, <laughs> Latham, uh, whatever your damn name is. <laughs> what? Ask old Harold about well, it. He the, knows the, meds, the meds are kicking in, gentlemen. So <laughs> <laughs> who knows what the fuck I'm going to be talking about here in about 20 and, minutes. And Roddy's like left ear is the full-on elf ear, but the right one looks like it got cut <laughs> off in half. Like, and it's it's not a recent wound. It's it's pretty old. How did you lose the other ear? Well, nasty old by the name of Gladstab. Uh, was actually the one that killed Alder the Third's father. Took me a couple of years, but I, I tracked him down. Uh, he, we swung at the same time. I got lucky. He didn't. I lost an ear. He lost a head. Of course, then I climbed up on a mountain and mounted it on a pike, so he could watch me kill off the rest of his clan. I mean, those see, are, seems fair. Those are not years I'm proud of, but. When I say that, I glance at uh, our scholar and my eyes get real wide <laughs> for a moment. <laughs> yes, a homicidal, I think. Well, uh, why, are, why are either of you surprised by that? That's just standard tradition. Well, if you think about all the people I have killed in the yeah. past two months mm -hmm. and then multiply that by like however many years. Yeah. What I'm amazed is that you were still first level when we met you. <laughs> I was yeah. about to say. That's 100 I, years of slaughter. Actually, the idea is that... um. I used to be higher level, mm -hmm. but then I was in a, like the forest you for fucking retired, retired, yeah. got sloppy, mm -hmm. and I had to relearn all this stuff. Same same thing for what Asherian did is when he was in, in the military, he was higher level, but then he like retired. Hatham's been level twenty this entire time, <laughs> and then just retired. Oh, yeah. so alchemist really is a shit class. <laughs> oh, oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> well, <laughs> really set you up for that one. You good. yeah, you, you like, walked right into his threatened square. I didn't. That wasn't a softball. That was like I bought the tea and like set it there and like, uh babe, Ruth, who the wait. fuck is that? <laughs> Give him the heat. Yeah. Jesus. Which in the twenties was like I don't know, sixty miles an hour. Something up. <laughs> everything okay. was slower back yeah, then. Yeah, everything was slower back then. <sighs> All so right. what else have you been making up on the spot? Well, so I am an officer of the Caliban Defense Force. Coincidentally, I never gave up my commission. Coincidentally, I'm also an officer in the Clay Fleet. Never gave up my commission. If you live long enough, people forget to do paperwork. And it's not really my strong suit anyway. He's got a good point. Bureaucracy can be uh, pretty powerful, actually. Yeah, yeah. And at that point, Roddy like pulls out like a small clay thing, and like he kind of lets you guys look at it, and it's got the name Jelana Clay and like a date, and it's like they look different now, but Clay Fleet officers get the a, a little clay thing that shows their commission date. Huh. I got uh, tenure. <laughs> you probably got the better end of the deal, mate. <laughs> I think that's what I was trying to say. Interestingly enough, that means that uh, should someone become aware of your status, you could be called back into action by either. Possibly. Mm -hmm. uh, coincidentally, if a clay fleet comes here or the Caliban Defense Force, we could use them. So to be honest, I, that's probably a best case scenario. Um, I, admittedly, I do need to write a letter to the Admiralty. Any help we could use at this point, we take. Mm -hmm. that, you've got connections. All of mine are faculty. Hmm. Haytham, it's not only swords that wins wars. Uh, true. They help, though. Well, <laughs> Shit. Yeah. Uh, let's see. He's got two fleets. You've got some faculty members. You've got a variety of dead friends. Um, I guess I've got a bunch of um, angry rich people that I cheated out of religious artifacts back in the <laughs> continent, if that could be of some use. And a questionable deity. Well, now, you know, <laughs> lately, that deity has been very helpful. I, I, I feel I'm... 
learning more and more about it. Well, I I was dis- I was honorably discharged, but seeing as a uh, Strelan laws, I still technically have pulled within the Strelan military as being a former captain. Might I suggest everyone write letters like I plan to later today? I, I am not going to try to contact any of the people that I... Dear Lady I Swindled. That's right. Shit's real bad here in Ferdinand <laughs> for the low, low donation of... That's right. And what this time, I assure you, I'll find real religious art. And what of your husband? Didn't he ever find out about that little tryst? <laughs> now, sir, he gods, I can't believe you bring up such a thing. I've never occurred, as far as you know. There are truly some appalling things in your background, but I... And my inclination is to judge, but ultimately, I don't think it's my place to do so. And everything that I have observed since we met is that you appear to be someone who is trying to make things better. And I believe I believe your convictions when you repeatedly point out that we have a different mission and a different problem. And um, I've seen... No evidence that you are the person that you were. I mean, what would you have done at age five? Uh, there's indoctrinated uh, to a murder assassin cult. That is exactly why I don't feel that I can judge. I mean, you can't. You, again, your moral development is incomplete at that point, and well, so. And to be fair, he stopped being an assassin about what a hundred and twenty years ago. Eh, roughly. Or something. Um, hundred and. 18, roughly. That was like... Bloody but, hell, my grandfather was born then. But uh, it wasn't necessarily my choice either way. I was rescued from that. By a man I love dearly, like a father. Not what? these children here, they may not have that opportunity unless we can help them. Oh, a whole phenomenon. Child soldiers happen so often. And all the other horrors of war. Horrors of war. I mean... It, it is right that we fight for a future where that sort of thing does not happen. Does not have to happen. Wouldn't you agree, Ishirin? Yeah. It's not the battles I had to fight that haunt me. It's the 39 other kids who didn't get the chance. <clears throat> and that's what Gilgamot does, though. Sounds like we need to save 39 children in the future. We need to save all the children of the future. Oh, we saved some already, though. Alder. Do I... we have a quote of children to save? It's going to take a minute, but Roddy. Yeah. I know. That's all me. Roddy, I need to ask you two questions. Right. What do you believe in? That a hundred years ago, I thought we had buried a problem. And it's taken me a long time to try to find a little piece from all that. And I know that piece is now a lie. And I'm going to have to kill my way through all these problems to make sure that it's buried once and for all. Do you think that it's in your nature that the only way to get through this is through killing everything? I want to be better than I am. I don't want to be a weapon. I wanted to be a happy elf that stood in his little patch of trees until time forgot who I was. Until I forgot who I was. Do you think it's better to be born into a life where you were born good and you stay that way? Do you feel it's better to be born evil and overcome that evil through great triumph? I feel it only matters at the end. I've known good men who did bad things. I've known bad men who did good things. 
but there's only one thing I want right now from any man or woman, and that's to oppose Gilgamesh and close that chapter out for good. All right, Rodney. Roddy. Roddy. Are you willing to die for what you believe in? I've been willing to die for what I believe in since I was 12. That's good. Anyone who's truly dedicated to what they believe in should be willing to die for it. Anyone who isn't, isn't a true believer in it. Ultimately, that may be what it takes. Averting my eyes. (laughs) 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 Oh, look, is that a pebble? That's interesting. Blood's going to get paid either way. If Gilgamesh has his way, it's going to be worse. Now, we don't have the Golden Fleet and the armies we had back then, but neither does he. Yet. Well. He does have a column of demons in the sky. Well, admittedly, that's a new one. Mm -hmm. He didn't have that back then. I don't know what our part is in all this, whether it's small or big. I just know we've got to play it out. And I know that you three, if nothing else, have been true and faithful. And you deserve that from me. And if this is going to be the end of the world, I haven't met, I've met very few men who were finer than you three in the face of danger. Well, I'm certainly finer because of your help. I mean, I, uh, I was a rank amateur at uh, most things, but, uh, academia before I came here and you've, you've taught me how to use a sickle with some finesse. Also, apparently how to make a cast fireball, so it's. Yes, yeah, so, well, you know. Ultimately, we're going to have to use whatever tools we can use and find. And there may be bad choices along the way, but they got to be made. we got to stop this. So that uh, earthquake last night, was that a... Uh... Listen, I don't know what was up with the earthquake. I imagine you should probably ask the guy with the rock deity. As we both look at each other and slowly <laughs> turn to Father Becker. <laughs> Oh, look at that. It's a lovely day outside. Shouldn't we be moving on, do you think? <clears throat> Becker. Yep. Uh, that's, pardon me. That's Father Becker. <clears throat> <laughs> Is it, though? There should yeah. be a father in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To whose child? I, I can... <laughs> <laughs> why, why... All the peoples of these lands are my children. At that point, that orphan all... from, like, episode 25 is like, Daddy's, you're back! Uh, <laughs> no! <laughs> Here, have some of the gold that we've uh, acquired on our Fuck trip. yeah! That's right. <laughs> Not that we've got much gold. No, no. Yeah, Rich! Cheap yeah. bastard! God, I hate him so. I, I gotta make house payments here, okay? I mean, for gosh sakes. <laughs> Not gold. one coin did we get on that uh, little, little excursion. Something, <laughs> little something for the effort here, you know? Not hey, one pearl. Who brought me into this? <laughs> I'm not in this episode. <laughs> No, I think we heard some of your voices Cheap earlier. bastard. Um, well, gentlemen, I... I, I got, thir- I got like 14 ghosts I got to pay for. <laughs> yeah, we really could use some coin. You know, adamantine bucklers, they don't just fall out of the sky. <laughs> you know? I've noticed. Hey, you know, that's a trick I got to work on with my god. I summon from the earth itself adamantine and a yeah. whole pool of it just appears Yeah, you're telling there. me an alchemist and a guy who, like, does rock shit can't come <laughs> up with some sort of gold scheme? <laughs> You know, we, you know I, more and more I like the way you think. I mean, damn. I don't care if you turn like shit to iron or like coal. Mm-hmm. We can sell it. Yeah. Like, Okay, but here's the thing. I'm just saying, in my chemistry class, we learned how to plate nickel to make it look like it's golden. And that's basic alchemy stuff that they have known for like the longest time. I'm just saying, 
This is a medieval society. We'll take the nickel. The nickel's gone. (laughs) We'll sell the nickel. Or you can just make it look like gold. No one knows how to figure it out. I'm sure Jock Dyer will... uh... (laughs) Oh, Oh, hello. Did anybody say my name? (laughs) Jock Dyer? Father Becca, at no point am I unhappy that your god can bring the thunder. Like, we may need his abilities. I I haven't felt a, a reaction like that from him. I mean, even whenever, uh, Richard, question, how localized do I think that that one that took place in the cavern was? Um, I mean, th- that probably radiated out for, uh, you know, say two miles. Okay, so it good. was pretty significant compared to the one last night. Oh, the one last night was probably even bigger. Was bigger? Okay. Like, you don't, uh, right. you don't know, but it was easily felt readily all across town and even further. But, you know, I mean, how would you know that? So, um, I, I, but I felt that it was a big deal. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you, when yeah. it was happening, you you know, people yeah. are going to like they're feeling this. Yeah. You were seeing lanterns shake across town, mm-hmm. and you know, you heard you know people mm-hmm. kind of yelling and, and yeah. glass breaking, and bitches make fun of my god. Will you? Anybody <laughs> else got something to say? We'll slide this whole fucking town right into the sea. No, no, we praise Gilgamesh. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> I keep fucking saying it's not Gilgamesh. <laughs> you dumb peasant bastards. Whoa. That's how you win over followers right. right there. Now worship me, bitches. I'm not voting for Alder anymore. God damn it, Becca. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, even back in the cavern when we were trying to disrupt the cultists, um, and, and my memory is very minimal of that, but what I felt last night was was much stronger. And all I simply did was sit down to commune as I've been accustomed to lately. And I asked about the name that we had heard previously, Emerin, to see whether it was... Oh, oh shit. What's, what's that? Uh, what? Uh, and um, that's the response that I got. So, I mean, just you spoke his name or you were communing with him or what? Uh, I, in an attempt to, to forge a closer connection uh, with this entity, um, I've taken at night uh, to finding a, a rocky place and, and sitting down and and um, just sort of um, trying to let my essence um, connect with its essence. And as part of that, uh, the first time since I'd really had an opportunity to do so in a, in a setting where we weren't constantly having to be aware of danger and so forth, and I, I sort of asked kind of a formless inquiry, and I, uh, you know, are you Emeran? You know, does that mean something? I mean, I didn't so much say the words, but that's what I focused on, and um, that's what happened. That was the response. I mean, I feel that's a, a, a resounding yes, right? I, I don't know. The, there was nothing joyful or, or you know, sp- like, a, like a, a spiritual well-being whenever uh, that occurred. You know, so I don't know what, exactly what to make of that response, whether it was anger or whether it was uh, recognition or some sort of awareness that was beginning to occur. It, it, I don't know what to make of it, to be honest. I thought about trying it again, but I thought maybe not so much here in this port city. That seems like a good idea. Yeah. It's, it's all above my head. I mean, I'm, I'm just a sailor. I don't know about your God and faith and what's going on. Yeah, I don't either. And I appear to be his high priest. <laughs> So well, that's, well, you don't that's know, we're really fucked. That's comforting. I, I'm going to attempt to try to find out more information. I, I, I will tell you that part of my plan is that I, 
I think I'm going to make, I think I'm going to go back um, to the pre- high priestess of Asmodeus and see if I might be able to negotiate um, some sort of um, information exchange. Uh, I feel that the price has been too high. I can't imagine that anyone would, would trade some of the things that they asked for access to that sort of knowledge. I mean, one has to have some sort of, um, oh, I don't know. Moral uh, standard? Yes, a moral standard, yes. or, yeah. or at least the intelligence to be able to understand <laughs> that, that what they're asking is just an outrageous thing to give. Outrageous. I mean, oh, you'd have to be a, a blind, foolish idiot just to offer them whatever they wanted quite, for a little bit of knowledge. Quite hard. I definitely mean, agree you, with you. You can try negotiating. Well, I mean, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm just going to tell you that I, that I will only go so far for answers. I mean, I'm not a... <laughs> I mean, I, I made a deal where they just stole the signet ring into the mother's blade. I just got to answer a question at one point. Oh, hmm. And I got an idea for that, too. So mm-hmm. I also want to go talk to the whole priestess. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I think it's always a good idea to try to wiggle out of an agreement with an Asmodian. I mean, that seems, <laughs> seems like a fine idea. Well, the agreement was I just had to answer, like, kind of honestly, but mm-hmm. I think I've got some more interesting information she might want instead. Did I, I don't even, maybe it's just my poor memory. I don't think I recall that you'd cut a deal with her. Yeah, it only took like 30 seconds. Yeah, hmm. interesting. You were in there for a long time. If 30 seconds can get him one deal... How many could you they're have very, gotten? They're very tricky people, we Asmodians. Mm, yes, yes, of course. Well, We Asmodians? Lot, lot to... Uh, what? The <laughs> <The> Asmodians. <laughs> I was about to say. Hey, Tim, I don't really care if you cut a deal. Um, because by the end of this, we may have to cut more deals. Right now, it's four of us and whatever Carlisle can bring against this problem. He's talking in the older voice. I can't think he... I don't think Am he, I really? I don't yes. think oh, the older voice. I don't <laughs> reality from his fiction anymore. I, I have to tell you, I, I feel that the older voice almost suits you. The two personalities are merging into one. I, actually, I'll, it's, it's as close as I can get to the Admiral James. Hmm. Oh, that's... Um, I mean, yeah, I've, I've known many dukes in my life. I'm not one of them, though. I'm just, that was a pretty good approximation, I thought. And thankfully, no one ever made me roll deception, not once. <laughs> in like 40 episodes. <laughs> I have no reason. <laughs> yeah. How, how is that these days, by the way? Uh, what? Uh, if you had to ascribe a number to it. Uh, deception? Mm-hmm. Uh, one. Oh, no shit. I would not have really? passed it, ever. Pathetic. And just... you guys never called me on shit, <laughs> which is why at the point I'm like, fuck it, let's just go ahead and do the backstory. <laughs> you know, I've just become an expert at it. <laughs> I mean, like, he is a sailor and yeah. very, he knows that shit. Like, he's he's just, and he knows about Dukes because he served the Billet Smythes yeah, most about, of his life. He knows about semen. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. I would say I'm a uh, at least expert. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> if not master trained. Well, oh. <laughs> What do you do with a drunken buggery? (laughs) Oh, it's been a while. (laughs) There we go. Professional podcasting. That's a callback. That's that's pretty good. I thought it was a brick joke. Uh, That could be that, too. Uh, I I don't actually know anything about podcasting. A brick was involved. (laughs) Hey, hey. Well, I don't know what's going on here anymore. What were we talking about? I don't know. Uh, we're talking I'm, about gods and other crap. Oh, going to see the Asmodians. Oh. I mean, really, while we're in town, we need to talk to people. We yeah. need to show up whatever alliances we can and get whatever help we can. I mean, yeah. we're, we're at war. We know very little about our enemy. We just know he exists. And I know what you might say, but the Asmodians are opposed to Gilgamesh. Here's our angle. 
um, Asmodeus's original deal was that there can be no new evil gods without his approval. Gilgamesh, I mean, we're gonna—I'm going out on a limb here, but I'd say if he is a deity, he's fucking evil, man. So Asmodeans should be our natural allies if we sell it right. Do, is there anything in the lore that suggested that Gilgamesh got to demigod status? I mean, we, we, we feel that that was his ambition, right? That's what the lore says. Is uh, that true? Actually, that is information that's come inference more recently. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, nobody really knew Well, that. they didn't know his true nature as a lich. No, they didn't. Mm-hmm. And up until recently, I, we all thought he was dead. So I have a question. If, if we all... You know, and honestly, it's just because they have access to a library. If we were back on on, you know, other continents where they have libraries and, and such, we could have access to information without perhaps having to trade a portion of our souls, but... Not like, necessarily. A lot of information died on Faradin. Well, right, but I mean, um, what I'm sure even, you know, Haytham's University probably has some, at least base, more basic information than what we'd be able to find and, you know, without going to an Asmodian temple. You ever heard of Imarim? Nope. Well, right, but how many geology classes have you? Oh, you took the one, didn't you? You were talking about <laughs> at the least one. one. I uh, huh? I taught. And... I taught one too. What's, what's the same one that I took? Oh, did you? Yes. I think I think uh, rocks and bricks and shit. I, ne- like I never build, I never got to go like to college. building castles and stuff. Geology, right? Well, sure. There are you know, certainly three, three types of rock. I, I mean, uh, sedimentary, igneous, and and metamorphic. Gilgamesh, take me now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I'm. So actually trying to wonder why I know that all of a sudden. It seems crazy. <laughs> okay. And you're standing on shale. But anyway, the point is... I am? I'm sorry, shale. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there's nobody down there. No, it's, it's charming. <laughs> Who's shale? Um, so, um, Sounds lovely. But here's my question. Is there anything that we've learned so far, <clears throat> as far as what we've witnessed with regards to the cultists and the town and so forth, that wouldn't be appropriate information to trade to the Asmodians? Because it's a threat, and and perhaps we can get a little bit of free information by offering. Well, we have some information we'd like to tell you about what's going on, but we also need some questions answered ourselves. At that point, Roddy kind of looks around and makes sure like we're kind of having a close conversation. It's like the only thing I can really think of we probably shouldn't mention is that y'all that they think you're the chosen one. We don't have to share that detail. No, no, we should never share that because they might just plug you just in case. Yeah. Well, I, you know, who could? The thought it? had crossed my mind, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you told, <laughs> yeah, well, you told me that. And at one point, Asherian was threatening me with a dagger. Kind yeah. of like Alder with his sword, like Luke in The Last Jedi, standing yeah, over, over Becker's bed, like, I can do it right now. No, literally, like, like, sh- sh- like sword on his shoulder, pulls out a coin, flips it, like, catches it. Nods and just walks yeah. away. You know what happens? <laughs> you're, you're holding that sword, and J.J. Abrams springs out to yeah. save me. That's what occurs. <laughs> we may not be crafting the best story here, but I'm confident it's better than the Last Jedi. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. And if you disagree, readers, fuck you. <laughs> I mean, listeners, I mean, listeners, aren't they? Who wouldn't want a podcast with four Jar Jars? <laughs> <laughs> I'm counting you four, not me. Oh, uh, oh, Misa, oh, wow. beat your ass up. <laughs> Misa, step outside. Misa, get a new voice actor. That's right. <laughs> so it sounds like you guys uh, want to move out and have some conversation with the people in town. And we're definitely going to get to that on the next episode of the Adventures of Alt Podcast. All right. Well, it was good to finally get Alder's backstory. Um, 
Gosh, Brad, I'm glad you didn't go dark with it or anything like that. <laughs> so those ideas you were kicking around earlier, that would have been, you know, truly, truly disturbing. But no, you, thank you, kept it a certain degree of some lightheartedness. Yeah, it was a little, little wacky, it was weird, fun. Weird how dead kids trigger my character. Yeah, it's, it's odd. Yeah, it's, I think, okay. I, I think there I got flack for having dead kids. You came, you what is up with this? You got flack for stealing children. my story. <laughs> you didn't mention you killed some of the kids. Not some of them. Oh my God, he apparently a lot killed okay. a lot. Fairly, probably only about. Uh, there's 11, Math so probably about six kids total. How many yeah. have the rest of us killed? No comment. <laughs> <laughs>